And I'm Ben Travers. I'm Ben T. Travers on the Twitters. And uh, we are still out here in the lovely Langham Hotel in Pasadena. However, this time we brought the microphones. So, well, Mike brought the microphones. Mike brought the microphones. Our good, our 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 fearless leader, Michael Schneider, is has has provided. He looks out for us. He looks out for us and makes sure we have proper sound equipment. So you will actually be able to hear us this time. And also, it's the middle of the afternoon, so we're not drinking. <laughs> well, speak for yourself. And also, I assume that. The reason we didn't get a whole lot of response. I got a couple of people asking me to ask questions of celebrities, but sadly, none of them were here. Like they asked me about HBO shows that were coming and those HBO shows, they're not here. Right. Um, But I assume that you guys just couldn't hear us. and That's why no one sent in a request for like questions for, say, Tom Hardy. Yeah. Or anyone else. I mean, come on, guys. Yeah. Ben interviewed Tom Hardy yesterday. More importantly, Tom Hardy said hi to me. Yeah. So Ben and I are pregnant now. Well, yeah. I mean, specifically... He had to talk to me. Like, yeah. I, I booked it through the proper channels. Yeah. He he was walking in front of Liz as a party, and he specifically turned around to look at Liz. Yeah. And he stared at her in, in the eyes. Yeah. Looked deep into her soul. Yeah. Said hi in that way that I'm not even going to try to impersonate because I mean, no. it's Tom Hardy. You can't do it. No. And, you know, obviously now she's pregnant. So. Yeah. Congratulations, Liz. Thank you. Thank it's exciting. You. I'm looking forward to finding out uh, how this affects my my health coverage. But you know, at least you don't have to worry about it. it like which gender? It's going to be a boy. Like it's Tom yeah. Hardy. It's a man. <laughs> oh yes, it's true. Uh, it's actually interesting because we're missing a panel right now about uh, gender fluidity, um, as, well, as as documented by the Na- National Geographic. Yeah, I'll clarify. It it will. Well, actually, I can't even say that. It, it'll no. it'll be masculine. Yeah, but it, it will be very comfortable in its masculinity to the point where yes, yeah, it could be it could be anything. Could be wants. anything. Twenty seventeen America people. Yeah, we, just it'll be persecuted no matter what, unless it's just a, a white, a straight white male. But uh, you know, we'll see what happens when yeah. we get there. <laughs> so, uh, it, as we continue this uh, kind of heart of darkness esque uh, voyage through. Uh, through the world of television. We're on day nine now. Um, lots of exciting things have happened, uh, not the least of which is me getting pregnant by Tom Hardy. That's definitely the most of which. Like, it's the That's most exciting thing. That's a pretty good thing. thing. That's a pretty good thing. But, I mean, it's... I think the thing about this tour is, you know, it's, it's all about the kind of unexpectedly great things that occur as well as the unexpectedly awful things that occur. Like, for example, this morning... Um, oh, God. I arrived... Uh, just in time to listen to... Maybe don't. Maybe don't you don't want call me- him out by name. Like, maybe we just hint at it. You don't, you don't, you don't think it's worth... You just don't People want to validate them? People will be able them? to figure it out. Yeah, that's a big part of it. That's yeah. a big part of it. Basically, a network uh, had a small, a small chunk of time this morning to tell us about how they're rebranding from... They're, they're slightly rebranding, except totally rebranding. They literally had... The guy literally had opposite answers for the same question. At one point. Yeah. But basically, they're taking their network and they're making it for strivers, which are lower and middle class men. 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 Yeah, they specifically say men. You can't be a hardworking blue collar woman, apparently. No, no. Can't do it. Certainly can't do it and watch that network. No. It's not for you. No. Well, Um, I mean, it's not for any of us. (laughs) You don't think you're a striver? Because uh, the qualities of a striver include caring deeply about personal values and family. I stand by the idea that if I was a striver, I wouldn't watch a lot of TV, so I would not be a good, you know, focus point. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so 
Um, I've had I've actually been very happy with this tour in that I've had the opportunity to actually push myself and ask questions during the actual panels. Uh, I've been able to do I've asked one a day all all the entire tour, and that's a big accomplishment for me because I used to be really shy and scared about it. Yeah, and in this panel, you called them out for using the word babe, which was uh, actually a follow-up question to your original question, which was more about just, like, can women watch this network? Uh, but more importantly, Liz, going back to kind of the good things, and that's yeah. this is our broad general topic for the thing. We talked a lot. Of, we talked up the TCAs a lot last week, so we're going to try to pay off and give you some of the information we learned. But more to the point, Liz, one of your big questions was for none other than David Lynch. David fucking Lynch. <laughs> David gets the F-bomb because it's David Lynch. It yep. was actually uh, Showtime. I don't think anyone saw it coming. I, I was actually talking to someone last night. And he's like, he he missed that day because he didn't think that David Lynch would be there. No one thought David Lynch would be there, um, because in part because Showtime has been incredibly, incredibly tight-lipped about what's going on with Twin Peaks. In fact, yeah. when they even when they rele- announced that Twin Peaks would be uh, having a panel at this TCA, he ended. Uh, they very specifically included the note that none of the casts that they had announced would be doing interviews. Correct. And then at the beginning of the panel. Just out of nowhere, uh, David Lynch appeared for 15 minutes. They brought him in as a special surprise, and it was pretty amazing. I don't think we ever should have necessarily predicted that David Lynch would show up, because predicting that is, is I mean, it's it's like predicting something at random. Like right. just something, you know, anything could happen at any moment. I'm just going to pick it out of the clear blue sky, and that's what's going to happen. Oh, wait, he actually showed up. But that being said, they've put such an emphasis on Twin Peaks even before they really should have put an emphasis on Twin Peaks. Yeah. They probably should have expected something, some kind of surprise going into that panel. But really, I mean, it worked out great. He answered, um, for not giving us a lot of information, he answered the questions in a very entertaining manner and uh, continued to build on the illusion and the appeal of that illusion to Twin Peaks. Yeah, I think uh, somebody compared it to a round of speed chess, and I think that's a really great way. It was very fast. He answered a ton of questions, oftentimes with like one or two lines basically and yeah it was a lot of fun uh and i i did get in the mix there at one point and asked him about what it was like basically i was trying to get him to say talk about like the difference between making television in 1990 for abc with their standards and practices department and uh what going to showtime which you know in 27 in 2017 which is very very different and he basically was like yeah abc was fine yeah they didn't care yeah, they, he said he got away with a lot, and uh, I think like it sounds like the biggest things he had to deal with were uh, dia- like some dialogue cho- changes, and he thought it made the show better. Yeah, he was down with it. He was into it. Yeah, so that was fun. So yeah, the David Lynch thing, David Lynch appearing for Twin Peaks was a very edifying moment just in terms of getting a sense of the show and also getting to hear about hear David Lynch talk. What if your follow-up question would have been, okay, well, if it wasn't so bad, why didn't you go back to ABC? Oh, I should have done that. Uh, <laughs> that would have gone over very well with Showtime and David Nevins, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, he would love that question. Would have adored it. Um, so what about you? What's been a big moment for you in this tour? Oh, man, there's been, I mean, there's been a lot of, of big moments. Um, kind of going chronologically for us, one of the first things that I enjoyed doing was visiting the Superstore set. Oh, yeah. Um, which we did actually, I think, before we recorded the last podcast. No, no was that was after. the day after. That was yeah. the day after. Um, it, was a fr- it was Friday. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we got to go. It was over at, at Universal, and they had the whole store kind of opened, and they mapped out kind of how they made it look bigger than it was, how they decked it, the all of the products that are in there. 
Um, they talked about how most of the products were literally there, not just the boxes of the products, even though there were a lot of empty boxes if you walked around and started picking things up. Um, but, uh, but no, you got, you got a lot of great information. They had a lot of good details, like walking around at that show, Superstore is set in St. Louis, and they had a lot of like St. Louis newspapers and St. Louis magazines, and the prop person talked about how excited he was to like bring in this St. Louis box. I think it was like shipping boxes that are made mm. in St. Louis, and they brought those in for the show. Um, so they give us a lot of great little details. And then, of course, the cast was just kind of floating around talking to a lot of people. Um, and they were all very, very entertaining. Um, oh, shoot. Yeah, you, were, you, were, you and I were in different groups. Who was in your group? Well, I better look it up. I always forget. I always forget their names. Mm-hmm. I did talk to uh, America Ferreira for a little bit. And she was talking about, A, her new haircut, which is short and looks great. Yeah. Uh, not that anything wouldn't look great, really. Yeah. Uh, but also that you know she was the she was the chairman of the women's march on Washington, and mm. they were asking her about like kind of how she got involved with that, and it was obviously a big important issue for for a long time, and she's worked towards that, and that's going to take place January twenty first. In case anyone is interested in joining, uh, definitely throwing our support behind that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I mean my group was made up of Nico Santos who plays Mateo, right, as well as. Uh, Lauren Ash. Uh, oh, plays Lauren Ash. And she was amazing. Like, she was talking. We When we went over to the women's department and they had all their co- Halloween costumes set up, uh, they were talking about very specific things in regards to the costumes. And, like, she was pretty entertaining talking about her cop outfit. I mean, I, I, Lauren Ash is one of the funniest people on the planet, I think. Um, she does not get her due. Um, and yeah, my group, uh, my group was led by, uh, America Ferrer was technically part of the group. And then we also had, uh, uh, Mark McKinney, uh, guiding us around. Mark McKinney was so great because he told us that we were the tigers. He told, he gave our group a name and he was like, come on tigers, everyone stay together. It was like a camp, he was like a camp counselor. And then later I wanted to ask a question, um, about using real products, um, on the show. And I couldn't quite get in there. Like a couple of other guys were, you know, kind of monopolizing the questions. Um, and then, uh, which was fine. You know, it's the, way, it's the name of the game. But Marvin McKinney saw that I was trying to interject something. And so he was just like, uh, excuse me, excuse me. And he was trying to get me, trying to get my question answered for me, which was very cute. <laughs> um, I don't know if I'm doing it justice, but he was really fun. Uh, so that was a great day. Yeah, I mean, we got to do the Good Place panel after that, which is always fun, talking to Mike Schur and uh, oh, yeah. choice members of the cast, including Kristen Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, I mean, the set visits are a big kind of fun part of that. I missed some of them, like the feud set visit. Um, you you, you missed feud. feud. Yeah. I, went to, I, I did the full day, so I went to feud, and then uh, which was fun. And I have gotten slightly better about actually calling it feud, by the way. Um, it helps that I've actually seen an episode. Um, but I don't know why. I don't know. Yes. It, it'll always be dual in our hearts, but, you know. Yeah. Um, but, no, I mean, there was, there was a lot of good stuff um, outside of that. I think the Hulu Day was a pretty great day all around. Oh, yeah. Um, for me, talking to uh, the cast and creators of The Path was a specific treat. Uh, I now have audio uh, recording of Michelle Monaghan yelling at Aaron Paul, Hey, Sexy. Which she explained that she does all the time. And that's why <laughs> he didn't turn around and 
respond when she yelled at him. Wait, um, to be fair, if you worked with Aaron Paul, you would yell hey sexy at him all the time too. Well, also, I think if I was Aaron Paul, I'd be used to people yelling hey sexy at me in general. So yeah. I probably wouldn't turn around when that was like, thrown in my face. But uh, but no, they were very, very charming. And I've seen some of the episodes now. Can't wait to see more. It's a great second season. So yeah, that was a highlight. I enjoyed yeah. that. I also enjoyed Hulu Day. Uh, my focus was largely on Handmaid's Tale. And I got to speak with the create. I got to speak with two executive producers and also Elizabeth Moss, who was lovely. Um, and two. And this is actually, I think, the biggest thing of all with Handmaid's Tale for me is I've been a little, a little unsure about the fact that that show, which is so female, is being show run by a man. And he has been getting that question. It turns out, and he's been he has a really fair response to it. And all that and not only did I feel better about talking with him about it because he is aware of the issue he is very conscious of that fact and he has a lot of good solid reasons for why he's still a really good fit for the project so it's not like like what um well beyond just the usual like you know he grew up in a house of sisters type thing he really like he really talked about Margaret Atwood's original novel in a way that I feel like he understood it and that's you know you want to believe that men can write men can write convincing women and women can write convincing men and that there should be no gender bias in that. But, you know, there's a little bit of that. And then also the real shibboleth for me, if you will, um, to quote Aaron Sorkin quoting the Bible, um, the real shibboleth for me was, uh, and I'm just going to say these words and any major Handmaid's Tale book fan will know what I'm talking about, cassette tapes. Cassette tapes are, uh, are the, the cassette tapes are real in the world of the show, and that is a huge thing. So um, that is a huge thing if you're a fan of the book, and if you're not a fan of the book, but look forward to that show. The first episode is incredible. Uh, so yeah, that was a good day. Hulu Day was a good day. Sunday was <sighs> Sunday was what was Sunday? What did we do Sunday? Sunday was CW Day. Oh yeah, that was a good day. Yeah, I didn't go to that day. You didn't go to that day. It was a good day for you because you got to go home. You got to stay at home. No, I had a. It was a good day in the Golden Globes world of yeah, of we, and we, yeah, we yeah, yeah, that's right. That's that's why that day feels like a black hole of nothingness to me, um, in retrospect. But no, the CW is always fun for me, and uh, there were some good there were some good moments from those panels, and then I went and I got to go to the Golden Globes, sort of, um, and that was its own adventure, um, and. Yeah, uh, so that was Monday. Then takes us to was God. What happened Monday? Was Monday ABC? Maybe. Mon- oh God, sorry guys. This is it's Friday. We're tired. Um, we don't need to go through the whole rundown. Uh, no, Monday, Monday was, was CBS, CBS and, show, and Showtime. Showtime. Then Tuesday was ABC. Then Wednesday was Fox, and then. Thursday was FX, and then today is Friday, and today is the beginning of ca- is day one of two uh, cable days. So we're getting a whole bunch of cable networks at once. Yeah, and FX was obviously a big day for us. We've been talking up a lot of their series kind of in various contexts uh, for a while now. And then, you know, we got our nice executive session with John Landgraf and crew talking about specific numbers. Uh, this is the time, this is the TCA where they show up and talk about the top 10 lists and how well FX d- does on their top 10 list, which is always incredibly, incredibly well. Um, I think they were for the last two years, right? They had the exact same representation as HBO when it came like they were the top two represented networks on all of the top 10 lists that were ranked. And, uh, and, and as accredited. they would- and they, as they would like you to know, uh, they have they released fewer programs than uh, HBO. Yeah, they released fewer programs, and there was some sort of 
percentage tie, but technically FX had like one more point or something that gave them a slight edge. They didn't give that any precedence, really. Like they mentioned it, but kept skirting by it and just mm-hmm. basically wanted them to know that they were on the same level. Um, but we'll we'll definitely point that out. And in terms of what the actual day consisted of, I mean, we got American stuff, guys. We got we got to watch um, Carrie Russell and Matthew Reese gaze at each other on a giant screen from because they were in com- coming in sat- through satellite from New York. And normally, it's always kind of a disappointment when people do uh, come in come in via satellite because a the connection's never very good, and b it's always you know it's more exciting if they're in the room. But the thing, the fun thing about having Carrie, Wash, uh, Carrie, Carrie Russell and Matthew Reese in a, on a big screen is that you could see their faces so much better and the nuances of their expressions. She gazes at him. She just gazes at him like she's in love because she is in love with him, theoretically. In, in theory, yes. But, I mean... They're very private about it. They don't say. Yeah. I mean, more important than, I think, even the, like, just the visual of those two being there, it was, it, to me, felt like we were finally talking back to the TV. Like, they were sitting there answering our questions through a television as though we paused an episode of The Americans and they turned to us and we just started talking to them and they talked back. And there were obviously some issues in that communication because somehow the satellite mics just don't quite work as well with the mics being passed around to the TV critics. But, um, but no, I mean, it was, that was a lot of fun and listening to them kind of talk about the show is always interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, they're never going to give anything away really. No. And I'm not going to spoil, we were able to see the first episode of the new season. I'm not going to spoil anything for you other than to say that when I talked to Joe and, uh, Joe Weisberg and Joel Fields, the like co-show runners basically of the Americans, they're very worried about people not liking a big chunk of this episode, um, which should tell you, if you, in case you had any doubt, that you know they take some risks, like they always do. They, yeah. They're willing to try some things out, both in format and tone and uh, more than that. Uh, but they're very worried that some people might not like it. They said they wouldn't give names, but they kept saying they knew for a fact that some people don't like it, but they like it, and they were glad that I liked it. Um, because even before they brought it up, I was like, hey, I really liked this section of the episode. And they're like, oh, my gosh, thank God. Um, so anyway, when the Americans premieres, there's a scene that stands out to you and you're, you know, considering, you know, whether or not you like it or you dislike it. If you do like it, please, by all means, tweet at these guys. Like, they'd love to hear it. They want that feedback. If you don't like it, I mean, keep it to yourself because you're wrong. But, um, but really, it was kind of great to see how insecure they were and at the same time when I was talking about the general construction of the scene how much credit they gave the director and how much of the collaboration went into it and how much they paid to the like the production team that you know built this thing but um but no I mean that was that was a big highlight for me it was just kind of getting a little bit of a tease of what's coming as well as just learning a little bit about their style nice I mean um in terms of uh in terms of that I did have my first I I've come to TCA a couple I've only been to TCA like this is my fifth one I think um and I've never had any extended interaction with uh Joe and Joel until uh until last night but I got I got to talk with them a little bit and they're delightful they're just just as human beings we talked about their wives and how apparently their wives are very very good at games no they're the best yeah they're really they seem like swell fellows they are they truly are um, so yeah, that's, let's see, any other, any other big highlights for you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, 
one of the things that came out of the Tom Hardy conversation as well as the Stephen Knight conversation um, was that Taboo is going to be more than one season, which I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I realized that they kind of never specified, hey, we're done after eight episodes, we're not coming back. But this seems to be fitting more of the Stephen Knight Peaky Blinders construction of about three seasons is what they're planning out. And FX is aware of it. They knew that going in. So this limited series is not limited to just one season, which is, uh, I mean, so far, exciting news. I have enjoyed the first few episodes, as we talked about last week, so Mm -hmm. that was kind of a nice thing to know. Very. Um, And then outside of that, after the Fargo panel, which didn't give us much. Didn't give us much, but we, except for Ewan McGregor in a very good hat. He was wearing a nice hat. He seemed bald underneath that hat because of his, probably because of the the work that he's doing on Fargo. Yes, Fargo has him playing two different characters and which involve two very different pieces of hair, or two, two, two very different hairstyles. So I imagine he just kind of has shaved his head so that you know we flip one off and put the other one on. Yeah, it seemed like uh, the easiest way to go, even if it would be a scary endeavor to to partake in. But um, but no, after the panel, I went up to the stage to say hi to one Carrie Coon. Your close personal friend, Carrie Coon. Um, one whom? of my favorite actresses, Carrie Coon, who, um, of course, I talked to about The Leftovers, and I asked her just kind of how the last day of shooting went, because they're obviously wrapped on it now, and she shared that uh, she was alone on the last day. So, like, her Aww. last day of shooting was just her. Um, and I thought that was... <laughs> I thought it was exactly how she described it immediately after because she was talking about how it was kind of sad and how she, you know, you'd think about the last day of something where you'd really bonded with a big group of people and had this big ensemble would be more of a party, would be more of a, like, a everybody gets together and has this thing. Uh, and it, Not on the leftovers, though. But that's not how it should be on the leftovers. And she thought, and that was her kind of secondary reaction once she got past the first. She's like, well, actually, it's more fitting this way that I was alone on my last day because that's kind of what the show is about it it's yeah. it, it's isolating in a way um even when you know there's big themes about family going on yeah uh, you so. should be alone with your grief um when you when you when the leftover sends you should understand who you are a lot better when the leftover sends so i think that being alone is fitting to that especially but now i just uh, have this image of you getting the screener for the final episode of the leftovers and then like um uh, disappearing into the woods, like to watch it, like on your laptop, like in a just like it, as far away from human civilization as humanly possible. I mean, it's cute that you think you'd even see me while the show is airing. I mean, during that last season, I'm I'm not gonna be around. I'll send you the reports. Like I'll have I'll <laughs> just be doing like the occasional instances of proof of life. Well, I'll be doing extensive work for the series, and you'll know I'm alive because I'm watching the episodes that are coming in. But other than that, I don't know. I mean, I, I, mean I, I, I just anticipate probably just, I'll just like have to log into your screen. Into I'll, I'll get your password for HBO, and I'll just watch the view counts, how many times you've watched every episode, just climb. I don't think that'll work out, because they max out at 10, and then I'll have to get them reset, so you won't really know how many times I've seen it. I'll just assume it's some, some sort of factor of 10. Well, it would have to be. Okay. So... Again, it doesn't help you as much as you might think. Uh, nothing does. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, there's there's been a lot. I think there, we've still got days left of this thing. Yeah. Tomorrow's HBO day. Tomorrow's um, HBO day. We're going to young pope it up. That's going to be great. Dope pope. Dope pope forever. Dope pope forever. Um, but so yeah, there's there's a lot more coming, but uh, that's those are probably the highlights for me. Yeah, I mean, I think beyond HBO Day, which uh, promises, will also bring us a Big Little Lies, which is a show we're very excited about as well. Um, and then yeah, to go on. I'm not sure if this is why I've gotten 
mixed reports, but to go along with the fact that they wouldn't let the Twin Peaks actors be interviewed independently, like mm-hmm. outside of their big panel, right? I didn't get Laura Dern. Like I was trying to get Laura Dern, and they told me to try to get her, try to talk to her uh, closer to the premiere date and mm. not now. I don't know if there's any sort of like That's crossover like, mandate. But the premiere, but... It premieres in like t- three weeks. Yeah, I know. That's absurd. Well, I mean, she's busy. But also, I'm sure that they're wary of of people coming in and talking about the wrong thing. So, mm. anyway. Yeah. Um, oh, tomorrow we'll also have Better Call Saul. And I'm, I don't think I'm getting the producers, which drives me crazy. We're getting The Sun with Pierce Brosnan. We're getting Better Call Saul, and they're going to have to talk about Gus. Well. That's going to be exciting. I don't think they're going to have to. I think, I think people are going to make him talk about Gus. It's cute that you think anyone can make Vince Gilligan talk about anything. He's a talker. He's a, he's, he's a, a talker. Not if he doesn't want to give it away. He so, won't give anything away, but they'll talk about Gus existing. Maybe. I think we're going to get some Gus talk. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, but that should be fun. Uh, oh, and Humans with my close personal friend Carrie Ann Moss will be there. True enough. Yeah. They will actually find out if she's my close personal friend, Carrie Ann Moss, through this session, through this day. By the by, this time tomorrow, by not this time tomorrow, by next week, we will know whether or not Carrie Ann Moss and I are actually close personal friends. Dreams are dashed and built here at the TCAs. Yeah, you had a sad encounter of your own with at, on the, at the CBS breakfast that I won't mention. Oh yeah, I've blocked that out. Yeah, but I had a, a charming encounter with Ann Dowd in a hotel room. Oh yeah, uh, so that was that was which wonderful. is the most important thing. Yeah, I mean I, I've gotten to see two leftovers cast members, and they're not doing a leftovers panel, so I feel like it's been a pretty good TCA so far. Yeah, I'm pretty good by the by the numbers. Yeah, for my numbers. Yeah, so we're almost you know you'll we'll be back to we'll be back in our offices next week, guys. So Maybe. Uh, what? Maybe. Maybe. Um, unless, of course, Ben gets leftover screeners, in which case he will be at in an undisclosed location forever. One with the light. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so we'll be back to normal, normal such as it is uh, by next week. But so you won't have to listen to us blather about TCAs anymore, but you will get to reap the benefits of all the knowledge we've accumulated while we're here. Sure. And in the meantime, I think ben- I just gave it away. <laughs> what? <laughs> I think I just gave away all the knowledge I've accrued. There might be more knowledge. I doubt it, though. Um, in the meantime, Ben, what was the best thing you watched last week? Young Pope, Liz. <laughs> Dope Pope. I'm not. I'm not lying, guys. The Young Pope is great. Dope. The Young Pope is the dopest pope that ever poped, and I. I don't even really. I I don't know how to talk about it. It literally took me an entire day uh, to write that review, and that was extensive edits. Just. I, y- I will say to your credit, I watched the first episode, didn't particularly get invested in it, but you have convinced me to keep going at some point in the future. And I'm very torn about talking about it because there's very specific things you can point to and a lot of the more uh, comedy-centric critics out there have exposed a lot of these charming little details that make the young Pope the young Pope. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to do that. I feel like a few of them can, can lure you into the show and, and make you, you know, a big deal mm-hmm. uh, make you feel like the pope you right. know but uh 
too many just kind of spoil the fun because then you know it's coming and you don't get to really revel in it and a lot of them are just so surprising and they serve to juxtapose the deep intense drama of the storyline that's going on and the grand you know catholic monstrosities that are everywhere surrounding this thing and the way it's shot is shot that way to emphasize the grandeur of it all the ornateness but uh but no it's it's a beautiful show it's especially pertinent to anybody who enjoys questioning faith and questioning what faith is capable of what deeply rooted faith is capable of um, and what it does to people um, and not in a bad way they're very knowledgeable of the catholic church in this uh, they, they are they know what they're talking about they're not making things up even if the story itself is you know crazy and fictionalized and would never happen in a million years um, but what's being discussed is is extremely relevant um, mo ryan had a great critique of it mine was more focused on the religious side of things but she pointed out the political parallels in the real world and what the Pope could represent to people when we're entering this new era. I think you can watch it either way. I think you can watch it completely differently and just watch it for the fun of it. But um, there's a lot to engage with here, and I can't recommend it enough. Okay. I mean, that's a strong recommendation. Liz, what was the best thing you saw? Um, I think I'm allowed to say that having seen the first episode of Feud, it was great. I think there's a lot... Actually, I don't think you are allowed to say that. I'm allowed to. I, people are saying it's great. People are saying, yeah. saying it on the Twitters and whatnot. Yeah, I I mean, I don't think they're supposed to say it either. Well, gosh, Ben, what are we, what are we going to do now? I've used know, an adjective. I've, I've used. I've assigned an adjective to a, to a, tele, ah, to a think, television show. I think you're clean to talk about it in the sense that somebody broke the embargo. But, yeah, I feel like people break the embargo. I, I don't understand. Sorry, this is getting a little inside baseball. But, I, I mean, when you're given an embargo about a review, I don't feel like you're okay to talk about it on Twitter or in other context. Like, well, so, that's not well, an official in review. The film world, in the film world, they will, like... The, the embargo people will hand out very specific, like, you cannot tweet about this sort of stuff. Yeah, but that's just, that's like a, that is a studio-driven decision. And that mm-hmm. is like a, that's something where the language is what's particular. And that's, it's not an across-the-board kind of thing. It's not like, oh, well, one person specified you can't tweet about it. So I guess if no one else specifies we can't tweet about it, then we can. Mm-hmm. No, that's not how it works. Like, I, there's no, like, the PR people and the studios don't have, like, a, a joint policy on what their language means. An embargo is an embargo, and I, I think they're much more forgiving when you're positive about it. But yeah, I'm still very wary of these things. Okay. I that being that. said, it's out there. Yeah. It's it's been it's been discussed and it's coming. So, by all means, it is good. It's great. There you go. Ha! You broke the embargo too. I'm not. I'm not. Again, I'm not trying to cast blame on Liz. I'm casting blame on. This is on society. On society. I am the young pope, and I am looking down at my constituents, oh. and I'm saying, you are all sinners. I don't know if I liked what the young pope has done to you. You would not. No, you won't. Um, <laughs> what's, the, what's the next thing you're looking forward to? You don't want to say anything else about feud? No. Susan Sarandon? Well, Catherine Zeta-Jones? I shook Susan Sarandon's hand the other night. Did you introduce her to her biggest fan? No, I could no, it was a drive-by, but I did, in fact, make you know physical eye contact with her. That's pretty good. Yeah. Physical Something. and eye contact with her. It was great. Yeah. She's very nice. That's uh, She's a treasure. Yeah. A national treasure. Um, Worldwide treasure, even world, possibly. Global treasure. Universal treasure. Indeed. Susan Sarandon. Oh, indeed. But yeah, that's what I got. That's that's great. Great. People yeah. are excited. Feud. Feud. Feud Betty and Joan. Feud colon Betty and Joan. Yeah. They've got to brand it like that. I, I We should have seen the title coming because 
it's an anthology series. Like they've got a, you know, it's not the people versus OJ Simpson. It's the people versus OJ Simpson, American crime story. Colon like American crime story. Right. Anyway. <laughs> next thing you're looking forward to. Uh, next thing I'm looking forward to is six. Ah, you got, you got, you got, you got swayed by that panel today. Uh, I was always pretty much into it as soon as they said Leslie Linkaglotter was the primary director. Right. Um, and it's uh, another. There's another woman director on it too. It's not just her. Yeah, and they've done. I mean, for something as you know, typically masculine as a story of the you know the Navy SEALs, mm-hmm. uh, SEAL Team Six, and uh, prisoner of war going and being saved by his bro peers. You know, hiring women for that is great, and it's. I think that's a very encouraging step for the genre, for the industry, for everything. But mm-hmm. I mean, Leslie Linkaglotter is just awesome in general. Like she's she can direct the shit out of anything. So, by all means, uh, that was a big selling point. Walton Goggins being in it is also Love obviously Goggins. a great great factor. But uh, no, this is History Channel new series. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I just described the plot inadvertently. You know what's coming. It's uh, inspired by true events and. Uh, we got to see all of the men, including a 72-year-old producer slash creator, do 15 push-ups on stage today. So I'm that so was mad I missed this. Yeah, so. you you should be. They were counting it out, you know, you know, up, down, one, up, down, two. It was great. So very excited for six. Um, comes out towards the end of the month. Uh, we've got some screeners, so we'll probably have a review up pretty soon. Cool. What about you, Liz? Next thing, go. Uh and this is mostly just me reminding myself that I have homework tonight, uh, Portlandia. Uh, uh, yes. The return of Portlandia, which actually technically returned a couple weeks ago. But my interview is, I, I'm, I'm getting to speak with uh, Fred and Carrie and J- director Jonathan Crissell, who, by the way, don't don't sleep on Jonathan Crissell. Like, he's a guy worth paying attention to. He will be have made, by the end of this uh, tour, he will have made three appearances for the three different shows he directs, which are Baskets, uh, Man Seeking Woman and Portlandia and all of them they, they're pretty different shows but they also have the same a really interesting sensibility that unites them it's a fa- he's a fascinating guy yeah no he's um I can't remember I, fe- I think I talked to him last year for Baskets when it was coming out no you did because I did well I, I didn't interview him oh I think I talked to him at a party oh okay um, cool but uh but yeah I, I he's he's building a name for sure he's yeah. he's got some he's got some stuff going on I didn't mean to imply like you're not allowed to talk to him. I just meant I, I knew. Usually I... that's a safe implication. <laughs> oh, man. So much to do. So much to do. And you'll be able to read all about it at IndieWire.com where you'll find news, reviews, interviews, features. So much stuff coming out of TCAs and will be trickling out of TCAs for months to come. And if uh, you want to catch up on some of the Oscar talk, make sure you listen to Screen Talk with our own Ann Thompson, Eric Cohn. Make sure you tune into TV's turn it on podcast with michael schneider uh he's gonna have a lot of interviews from this tca kind of stacking up uh for you guys to hear over the next few months and into the future uh so yeah make sure you listen to all of indy wire's array of podcasting yeah and then also make sure you follow ben on twitter at ben t travers and more importantly liz on twitter at lizlet that's with an i and an e correct we will be back next week and in the meantime you guys keep watching television Thank you.